Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest. So he's a club national champion with Samurai. He's a CCAA national champion with Limalu, where he was also an All-Canadian and an academic All-Canadian. He's a national champion with Laval, where he was also a U-Sports slash CIS All-Star. And he's backed by popular demand because he joined us on Sharp Cuts episode 34. We got to check that out where he yucked it up with uh, Garrett and myself. So please welcome to the show, Olivier Janini. I hope I pronounced that right. You've been on the show. You're a friend of the show. Did I get it right? Yeah, you did. You did. Thanks for having me. Sweet, man. So, Olivier, thanks so much for joining us. So you got to come on Sharp Cuts, and, and that's more of a discussion show, and you got to yuck it up with Garen and I. But now it's all about you and the listeners learning about your career. So take us from the top here. You're obviously a volleyball guy, but at what age did you really start playing? And was there any other sports you were playing as a young kid? Yeah, uh, so I started at 12 years old. And, you know, funny thing is, right before volleyball, I, you know, I did judo for about seven years. Um, and, you know, at that time, you know, judo, I was, you know, basically you know, becoming a bit of judo. And, I was thinking about, you know, getting into another sport and I looked at, uh, you know, my high schools, you know, you know, sports. I mean, the sports that were available, volleyball was one of them. You see, it seemed like an, like an easy sport. So I said, OK, why not? Let's, you know, let's go ahead and start. And, um, you know, funny story, I actually almost, uh, you know, I almost left volleyball, you know, about a year in because I thought, you know, because it was it was a lot tougher than I expected, to be honest. Now, what? What happened that got you hooked? Like, I think volleyball is one of those sports where you play it in school and maybe it's not that fun. But I, I found that, like, as soon as your skills get good enough and you can, like, play and the other people around you are pretty good, it gets pretty addictive pretty quickly. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, to be frank, it was ego. So um, so that first that first year, I mean, you know, volleyball is a tough sport, right? You know, there's a lot of you know, technical, tactical aspects, you know, you know, mental aspects, of course. And, uh, you know, starting, I mean, it was it was tough, so. Throughout my first year, I was not doing well. I was, you know, I couldn't, I could jump, but I couldn't control, you know, my head, my, you know, passing, anything like that. So, uh, you know, fast forward to the end of the year, I was actually planning on, you know, leaving the team and just, you know, find another sport. Um, we ended up going to do provincials that year. I was not, you know, I was not a starter, as you can imagine. And I got on the court for literally five points for provincials that year. And those five points ended up being probably the worst five points of my whole career. Um, we came back uh, from that tournament. Obviously, you know, I was taken off the court, didn't play again for the whole tournament. We came back. Uh, we came back home, and uh, I promised myself that I would not, you know, stop my career after such a such a failure. Um, and you know, frankly, I started working harder and harder, and um, you know, my career, I guess, took off really from there. Nice. So tell me and the listeners, uh, I think volleyball fans know what Samurai is, but in your opinion, how did you find that club and what makes them so successful? Is it the catchment area? Is it the coaching? Is it everything? Like what made Samurai, like anyone who's played boys volleyball seems to know who Samurai is because we've played you guys at nationals or different tournaments along the way. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. So I, I found it just because that's, <laughs> it was the club at my high school. That was really just, you know, that was really just a coincidence. In terms of um, what makes the club, you know, popular or successful, um, you know, to me, it's really about the philosophy, right? So, um, you know, the main head coach for, you know, for years and years, uh, you know, had as a philosophy that, you know, we needed to basically, you know, build uh, winning habits, build confidence more than anything else, and then, you know, build, you know, skills around that, right? So, you know, he really made, you know, the sport, he really made volleyball appealing to young kids by, you know, by, you know, showing, you know, older athletes, you know, hitting the ball, blocking balls, you know, all the, you know, physically impressive stuff. That's what we were exposed to very early on in our career. 
which is why I mean a lot of you know teams know a lot of people know you know the samurai for their you know for you know hitting abilities right that's what we tend to be very good at and that's really you know because the foundation of the sport for us was really about that right so building confidence initially and then after that you know building you know on other stuff which you know obviously it's it's a way to do it um you know when you're so young it's it's really about you know it's not as much about being complete as, as much as it is about you know that confidence that passion you have and you know from there if you have at least a certain a certain level level of potential you can get through it it does it does you know create some i guess you know some some weaknesses in terms of the way you know we play uh you know we're also well known for not being good at passing which i think is also part of that a part, a part of that but uh you know at the end of the day it's it's you know it's one strategy like you know like any other and it did work quite a bit and just for mostly myself i i keep using the listeners as a crutch but myself what's the scene like uh for boys volleyball in quebec because uh i i just have an impression that it's not as popular as the women's game for sure so it's a little bit smaller so did you find yourselves like playing against the same teams when you got deep into tournaments in the semi-finals like did you have rivalries growing up or, or what is the scene in quebec in terms of number of boys playing number of clubs at a tournament stuff like that yeah, no, that's a that's that's a that's a very good point. I would say that you know the people I played against, you know, all throughout high school, you know, tend to be the same ones I played against, you know, in you know in college and then in university afterwards, or in CJEB and then university afterwards. You know, obviously, you know, you know, as we you know go up the pyramid, you know, people tend to leave, of course. But I mean, yes, you're right. You know, the pool, the you know the talent pool is definitely limited. That being said, it comes in in phases and waves, right? Some years, you know. We have just you know, a lot more you know, good players, and you know some others. Uh, they are you know pretty much you know, dead years, um, you know, which is how it's been. And you know, frankly, you know, having compared you know what we see on the boys side compared to the to the girls side or the women's side, um, all throughout my years, it's been like that ever since. And it seems like it's still the case uh, even today. And you guys did quite well at nationals, but. Uh... Maybe it's just my recency bias, but uh, pre-COVID, it seemed like some Quebec clubs like Giants especially would come play a bunch of OVA events or, or it's not unusual to play the Ottawa Mavericks who are pretty close to the, the provincial borders there. Like, did your club team kind of move around a little bit or were you mostly in-house playing the, the Quebec scene? Uh, we actually did. Um, so when, well, we did, you know, we did a bit. So when I was in, uh, you know, secondary five or, you know, grade 11, um, you know, we went to, we went to Penn State. And we did the you know, Nitani Invitational back then, and that was definitely a key moment for us in terms of, in terms of our preparation, preparation, and you know, in terms of our ability to, you know, just you know, play against you know, bigger, you know, bigger teams, right? Uh, and that's the year. We, that's the year we actually won national seventeen nationals. So we did that a little bit, but that was you know, that was really the bulk of it. Um, what we did do quite a bit for us though is that we played against college teams and your and universities so uh very early on when i was i think 14 or 15 we started playing against uh at the time mcgill which used to have a, a, a university program at the time uh from for men's um we played against uh university of montreal we played against you know actually you know the Jean from uh, st john uh we played against a bunch of teams and you know that was you know playing against you know older people was just kind of the way to go uh, we did that a lot internally. So, you know, 14U teams that, you know, used to play a lot against, you know, 15U, 16U, uh, you know, within, within the Samurais. And then, you know, when we got to 16, 17U, obviously you can't do that internally, right? So 
we had to find you know, older and bigger teams. And we did, you know, a few tournaments and uh, we did well at, you know, a lot of them, frankly, because, uh, yeah, because, I don't know, that's just, that's just the way it was. I mean, we had a, you know, you know our team was pretty physical and we had, you know, such a great bond that, uh, you know, we did very well. Speaking of uh, how physical your team was, you did mention on, on Sharp Cuts that it, it wasn't unusual for you and a couple other teammates to be able to touch the top of the antenna in your blocking warm-up. I got to know, as a as a teenage male, just being in a gym, was that just such an ego thing? Was that just a great feeling, knowing that uh, you guys were going to warm up and you were going to be physical and you are kind of going to... Maybe if the other team had one eye on you guys, intimidate a little bit. Like, Was it just fun going to the gym with your buddies and being as athletic as you guys were? <laughs> it was. Um, it was. I mean... You know, as I said, uh, you know, part of, you know, the, the, the programs, uh, you know, the programs, uh, I guess, you know, plan or, you know, way of working was to build confidence, right? And that was definitely a part of it, right? You know, for us to get into the gym and, you know, we're all growing up, we're all, you know, I guess, you know, building our own identity. So to to get in the gym and to, to have people to look at us and be and be impressed and you know, at such a young age, it, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a big part of that. And, you know, you know, warm-ups were probably one of my favorite parts of the game uh growing up to be honest i mean just hitting that ball as you know hard as i could and and um and you know you know being i guess you know having people to be impressed and also to intimidate other teams i mean that was definitely a part of the game for us and we had a lot of fun doing it um you know i, I remember you know in a lot of our you know of our uh practices and and and, and um you know so during you know, at the end of it all at the end of a lot of our practices, um, you know, we used to hit ball, you know, just hit balls and hit for like 45 minutes, 50 minutes, um, with sometimes our parents waiting. Because um, that's, you know, very honestly, that the part of the game we liked the most at the time. So take up until today, to be honest. Nice, nice. So take me through your national championship year. Like, as we mentioned, Samurai's competitive. Everybody knows who they are. But just take me through that year. Like, was that just a nice confirmation of how competitive uh, – not only you were, but your, your, your teammates, your province at the time, like to win a national championship is a big deal, but for a Quebec team to beat up on Ontario at the time, Alberta, BC, there was a lot of good players in your age group. So what was that year? Like, did you guys come in thinking like, yes, we're going to be national champions or did it just kind of unfold the way the draw did and, and the way you guys were playing that weekend? So, so yeah, so, so that's a great question, actually. So um, that was actually to, you know, to take a step back, that was actually a longer, a way longer journey than that last year. Uh, it really started in 14 years, about three years before that. Um, you know, we lost in quarterfinals, which, you know, for us was a big disappointment. A big disappointment. We had, I think, you know, I mean, we had a great team. We definitely had, a, a, you know, a team that would have, you know, have potentially won. We had the potential to win and we ended up losing. Um, the year after that, we ended up going 16U instead of 15U because what we did is that we took a few of the older players we had in our school and we we kind of built a team we thought would be stronger and strong enough to win 16u uh we we came third that year and you know, frankly that was also a disappointment uh we went there to win and um yeah i mean it just you know it just it just didn't work out and then the year after that we went 16u again because that's you know that was really you know the age we had um and um uh and, uh, and that year, we actually came second, lost in finals against Crush, so against Garrett. Um, and that was probably the biggest disappointment of, of all of them. Um, and I remember at, at the end of that tournament, we said, okay, 
you know, ne- next year is our last year because, you know, obviously, you know, high school in Quebec, you know, stops at grade 11. So for most of us, I mean, that was our last year in high school. So we said, you know, we said next year is our last year. We need to make it work. And I remember us coming into the gym literally every day, uh, sometimes twice a day, um, you know, for that last year. And every time, you know, thing would not be intense enough or let's say the quality was not there. We would, we would always say, hey, guys, remember last year, we lost in finals. We could have won that. We didn't win it because, you know, because, you know, we didn't focus on this and that. And every single day, uh, you know, we had that in mind. Uh, we ended up going to Penn State, you know, for that tournament, uh, for, for the Nintendo Invitational. We didn't win that, but, uh, you know, we did well. That was, a, you know, that was a great, you know, practice for nationals. And, you know, we went to nationals. And I don't know if you remember, and I think it's still the case today, you know, there was the East and the, you know, and the West national, national, uh, there were the East and the West national championships for up to 16U. And then from 17U and later, that was, you know, the whole, com- the whole country. So we came into that tournament uh, with, you know, the intention of winning, but we knew that, you know, the teams from the West, they were, you know, bigger, taller, jumped higher. So a lot of that advantage we have out East would not necessarily as, you know, would not necessarily be as powerful, you know, for nationals and, you know, we went there, just had a great tournament, um, you know, had a lot of, you know, great games. Still remember a game against FBVC, 26-25. So, so I remember that one game against FBVC, uh, you know, there were a bunch of, you know, very good players, uh, you know, including Nick Del Benco. And we, we won first set, 26-24. We get crushed in the second set at like 11 or 12. And then ended up winning the third set, like 17-15 which was the weirdest thing. I mean, you know, to us up until that day, uh, we still feel like, you know, if they played well, I mean, if they played well, you know, they would have just, you know, beaten us all, you know, well, in two sets, frankly. Uh, and yeah, we had a great tournament and we ended up winning. And that was, uh, uh, you know, I I had a lot of fun winning CCWA and CIS. That was great, you know, both of them. But, um, you know, the high school one, the club one, uh, you know, still has a, you know, a separate, you know, spot in my heart uh, up until today. Nice. Yeah. So cool to hear. So with SAGEP, I'm curious, like Limalu is a, is a great volleyball program as shown by like your national championship, but I'm, I'm curious as an outsider, is there a direct attachment with Limalu and Laval? Like, is that just a natural pathway for athletes? Like how did you decide going from, you know, a really competitive program with Samurai to decide which SAGEP school you wanted to go to? And then uh, did you know right away when you entered SAGEP that you were going to be at Laval? Uh, no, actually, funny thing. I wanted to. I went to Limoilou thinking I would go back to Montreal and play for the University of Montreal. Uh, that was actually my, my initial plan. Uh, so, so yes, you know, to, to answer your question, short you know, short answer, yes, there is somewhat of a natural path because they're in the same city, right? They're about you know 15 minutes from each other. Uh, it's just a natural thing for a lot of players to go from one to the other, um, and a lot of players, you know. Before and during my times, you know, used to, you know, kind of just, you know, go to Lumalu and then go to Laval. And we, we saw that a lot, right? Um, it changed a bit afterwards, uh, just because I think a lot of, you know, a lot of players just explored a bit more, right? Thought, you know, had just more thoughts about, you know, where they wanted to go. But, but yes, it was definitely a natural path um, for myself. Um, I, I mean, obviously, if I initially wanted to go back to Montreal, I had a pretty extensive thought process around around where I wanted to go. And I, I considered a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, you know, universities, including, you know, Laval, including, you know, a few out West, I, you know, I had 
you know, discussions with and a few in Quebec, I mean, all of them in Quebec and I ended up choosing Laval just because, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, you know that by now I'm a pretty analytical, you know, type of guy. So I had a spreadsheet with, you know, pros and cons and, you know, and, and I had, you know, weighted averages and points for everything. And Laval just ended up winning, you know, by pure, you know, basically math, I guess, at the time. That was really, that was really it. Nice. And for you, what was the jump to the CCAA? Because uh, Sajep, there there are a lot of young men. Like, I understand that is like what we would consider maybe grade 12 here in Ontario, but there's some some older guys too. So did you notice right away that you were playing against men? Or like, what was the jump from your samurai days to playing at Limalu in the CCAA? Yeah, to me, that's, uh, it felt like uh, that was probably the biggest jump I felt, you know, in terms of volleyball for me. Uh, it felt like, you know, leaving university and starting to work, right? So you're basically a king in high school and then you start CJEP and you're nothing, right? Um, so, and that's why I went to Limoulou, to be honest. Uh, but yes, that step was, uh, it was it was interesting because, you know, when you're younger, you see, you see you know, you see life and especially sports with a much narrow, you know, a much narrower, sc- narrower scope, right? So for me, someone that could hit hard and jump high and a few things like that. I mean, you know, a lot of the, the impressive stuff was, how were basically how I defined a good athlete, a good player uh, when I was younger, and um, I knew that was not the only thing. But you know, CJ really, you know, college really, you know, showed me that in a much more extensive way, right? A lot of players. I mean, I, you know, I started CJ. I was, I was not necessarily the guy that had the highest back touch, but I was probably top two, top three at the time. Uh, you know, right in my first year. But despite that, you know, there was a steep, there was a steep learning curve for me to just get used to, you know, an actual volleyball system and, 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 you know, much more organized teams. Uh, so yes, that was a pretty, pretty steep, that was a pretty steep, um, a pretty steep step. Plus considering the fact that at Samurai, we didn't necessarily have the most um, standard system, if you will. I mean, I was a, I was a middle player and I would, you know, still pass and, you know, play back row and you know, sometimes even, you know, hit, you know, balls from, from the back row and, and stuff like that. So Going to CJEP and being in a much more normal, normal if you will, standard system was definitely a bit, was definitely a big step. And what was the the vibe with you at Limalu? Like a, the name comes up a lot, and I'm actually looking at the record. So in 06, they would have been in the national final. Uh, in 09, they would have been in the national final, and then 2010, you guys took it down. So is there any pressure of a legacy or just an expectation that like you're at Limalu? Limalu is supposed to be good. Like, did you ever feel any pressure or expectations there? Uh, yes, for sure. I mean, that's, I mean, and that's why you go there, right? You, you go there because, you know, it's, uh, you know, at the time, and I think, you know, it still is, but, um, uh, uh, you know, it was basically the best, you know, to me, you know, the best, you know, volleyball program, uh, well, civilly, almost in the country. I mean, at the time there was, you know, Red Deer, uh, you know, UBCO, um, and which I think are U sport now. Right. Uh, and, um, and, and Limo, I mean, those were basically the top three, right. And, you know, so, yes, you know, I definitely went there for that legacy and that story. So the pressure to perform, yes, for sure. You don't want to be the one that, uh, you know, messes up that whole legacy, right? Even though it might not be, you know, it might not be perceived that way. Um, you know, that's not, you know, that's not what you want to do. But, you know, frankly, you know, the staff and the team and the people that surround you, uh, you know, really, you know, just did a great job at, uh, you know, making sure that, you know, that's, you uh, that culture is really passed on and that um, discipline as well, uh, you know, is really passed on. They did a great job at that. 
And what do you remember about the year you guys took it down? Because uh, you're there and then like, man, the, the same old names keep coming up. So the other Sage Up team would have been St. Jerome. But you're right. UBCO was still in the CCAA at that time. So they competed. Uh, McEwen was still CCAA. Uh, Camosun, who's always seems to be in the talk. Humber College was there. Uh, Sate was there. Like this is this is the same old names and this is happening in 2010, right? So when you guys get through Sage Up and you go to nationals, like was there a lot of prep of video? Like are you trying to like scramble and watch? video like as the tournament's unfolding like what happened at ccaa that year did, that it just all came together it was interesting uh so a lot of us so we had i think nine uh rookies that year so and you know the year prior to that as you said you know, the team went to finals and lost the finals um so it was a bit of a surprise uh for a lot of us at least it was to me uh, <laughs> i know there's some people expected that but it was definitely a surprise to me to an extent so in terms of prep I think one thing that helped us is the fact that we had so many rookies um, because what happened is that because of that, and a lot of the key players were still there, but because we had so many rookies, we ended up, you know, we ended up, you know, doing a lot more in the physical prep. We ended up doing a lot more, you know, video prep as well, uh, mental preparation as well. Everything was much more intense than I think it would have been otherwise, right? And what that did is that, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the key players that were already there, you know, leveraged that to be just even better leaders. And a lot of the rookies that were, you know, very, very high quality players, you know, even for our age, uh, you know, it just helped us, you know, step up. And, um, you know, we ended up getting into nationals with um, an insane mindset. I mean, it was, I've never felt, and, and, and that's where I think, you know, this one has a special place for me. Um, I've never felt such in such a, a closed bubble, right? It was, you know, we were really in our own world. Um, and, you know, we were, you know, really living and breathing only for volleyball. And that's the only thing we thought about. And not that it's not like that in all nationals, but at all nationals. But this one, it was really special. Uh, we played against, uh, you know, UBCO in semifinals. And we took it in 3-0. Three, three which even up until today, I still can't believe we did that. They had, I mean, they had a team to win, uh, but our our team preparation was so solid and we were so disciplined, disciplined about it that, uh, you know, we ended up taking it. And I think, you know, the main, the main thing about this tournament for a lot of us was, um, you know, was really about, you know, our confidence in the system, right? We all believed and trusted in the fact that, the system was much bigger than each of us, um, right? It, it, you know, it was it was really about us really doing the right thing for the system to work. And I think the fact that we all applied that very well, um, yes, it ended up you know working extremely well for all of us. So you make the jump once more and you go to U Sports. Like, is there any part of you, like any ego, that comes through and goes? I'm the man. I'm one club nationals. I just won CCAA nationals. Now I'm going to win U Sports national. Like, did it ever feel like that was the natural progression, or what was the jump going from CCAA to U Sports? Because uh, some programs are very competitive. Obviously, you're a Limalu guy, but I, I still feel like U Sports is just a little bit more consistent. I think the level of play is just a little bit higher. And don't me wrong, there, there are some college teams who can beat up some university teams, but I think as a whole, there's there's still a jump. Is that fair to say? Yeah. That's, yes. That's that's very fair. The jump from, and, and, you know, frankly, you know, on a physical standpoint, they feel similar. I mean, maybe, as you said, there's a bit more consistency. I mean, more players are just 
more fits uh, when you get to nationals. All teams tend to be, you know, it, it feels like it, it tends to be a bit more consistent in terms of the of the level. But it's you know the main difference I noticed for me, um, you know, for U Sport or CIS was just you know the mental, you know, the mental aspect of the game, right? Uh, you know, you had you have to be much more solid uh, between your ears if you want to perform at that level. Um, and that was, you know, that was, a, you know, that was a key element for me. In, you know, in CCAA, you know, you miss a pass, you know, you check a pass, you, you, know, you get blocked. Um, you know, the teams won't, you know, necessarily, you know, leverage that as much as they could. CIS and U-Sport, they will, and right away. So if you're not, you know, if you're not, you know, able to basically, you know, get up right away, you'll get beaten, you'll get crushed, and, you know, people will see your weaknesses and they'll exploit them, Right. Uh, maybe not at, I mean, obviously not at the same level as what we see, let's say, internationally. But um, that was by far the biggest step I noticed between uh, between CCAA and and, and, uh, and CIS at the time. Um, and in terms of my ego, to respond to you know, the first part of your <laughs> question, uh, I mean, yes, um, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, as I said, I mean, growing up, uh, you know, you when you you know when you practice a sport, you know, you tend to define a you know a big part of your success, you know. On that sport, if it becomes a passion, and that was definitely the case for me for volleyball. So yes, I definitely you know came into university with high ambitions. Um, you know, I I mean obviously I knew I had won you know club nationals and CCAA nationals, and you know I wanted a third one just to maybe be the only one to ever do that. I have no idea uh, if anyone anyone else did that. I mean, but I definitely wanted to. Um, and um, and I mean yes, I I mean we ended up getting it. Uh, that was unreal. Uh, but, you know, to be entirely fair with you, university for me was not, you know, volleyball was not necessarily, you know, the first, you know, thing, the first priority for me, right? Um, it was a, a transition period for me from sport to, you know, what I call today my professional career. I, I know there's pro sport, but, you know, for me, that was that was never the objective. I did think about it for, for a little while, but, you know, not, no, not, not really seriously. So, um, well, I did, uh, you know, had a lot of fun, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, at that, you know, at those nationals won, uh, the year after when I, you know, ended up being on, uh, on the all-star team, all-star team at nationals as well in 2014 or anything else we did. I had a lot of fun, but, um, the whole process, you know, was really about me transitioning from, I don't know, being a, uh, a, a ball player to being, a <laughs> I don't know, uh, a worker, I guess, a professional Nice. I do have to ask about uh, Laval because, again, a, a nice heritage, a nice history of the sport. So you're entering at a time where, to me, Carl de Grand Prix was one of the best university players I think I've ever seen. So he just leaves. But there's guys uh, like Mondu, I think, was still there. Uh, Jeremy Lorty was there. His younger brother, Bruno, was there. Like, what was the feeling inside the gym with the Laval guys? Like, is that a program that it's fair to say that they, they want to win the provincial title every year and go to nationals? Like, that's an expectation? Like, you're coming in as this guy who's won club and you've won CCAA, but looking at your, your strong roster, like, like, what was the practices like? What, what was it like fighting for playing time with those guys? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's a that's a that's an interesting point. Um, I mean, yes, you know, it's it's you know the the objectives were really twofold. Uh, you know, a you know maintain you know the dominant position like I had at the time on you know the provincial circuit. Uh, and you know, to be fair, we had you know there were great players and you know in other teams all throughout my four years. Um, and we had very competitive years, but you no, know, A, it was about that. 
uh, and B about you know, performing and doing well at nationals. Um, so in terms of you know the atmosphere during practices and and you know in the gym, um, it was it was really about you know being sharp, doing what's right. Um, you know I talked about the system. That, ele that element was even stronger, um, you know, at Laval than it was than it was uh, during CJEP. And um, you know, overall, it was it was really it was really about you know doing what's right for the team to win uh, more than anything else. So yes, I think you know you got you know you caught that uh, that uh, atmosphere quite well. Now, a, a pessimist might say. If that tournament is hosted anywhere else in Canada, Laval doesn't win. But man, what a, a crazy environment! Like, what was it the the feeling for you? Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, like let's not sugarcoat it. Like you weren't a, a starter on the team, but you still played and you were a part of the environment there. But like, what was the Laval fans like from your standing point? That must have been a huge advantage. The guys must have been fired up. Like, it it just seems like to to beat Alberta and then to beat Brandon in a tough one and then the final. Like I've had Mac guys tell me like they they have an audible offense and they couldn't hear each other on the court because it was so loud so uh what was it like from your standpoint just how how loud that crowd was and how involved they were uh it was insane it was probably the loudest crowd i've you know you know ever seen in my life in volleyball i mean you know within that realm of you know university you know you know, at, you know let's have the university level uh so it was it was completely insane um and it was not only about them being loud but also about how involved they were a lot of these people are, you know, big, you know, big fans of sports in general. And you know, the thing about Quebec City that not everyone knows is that there's no, there's no NHL team. There's obviously no NBA team. Um, you know, there's, there's no, I mean, there's no pro team at all, right? There's no MLB team. So Laval as university basically becomes kind of the center, center of attention for everything that pertains to sport. Um, you know, the football team is well known for that. You know, they have twenty thousand plus, uh, you know, people attendance. You know, on a regular basis, and that was basically it, right? Um, a, you know, a very, very engaged uh, and intense crowd. That, uh, yeah, that, you know, that was basically the, you know the seventh play on the court. But you know, to be frank, yes, you know, haters will say what you know what they want to say. But um, you know, the way I see it is that you know. Tournaments have to be held somewhere, and yes, you know the host team, you know, will have an advantage. But you know, we got into that tournament winning provincials, uh, you know, like you know any other team could have, I guess, or winning, I guess, our you know our conference you know tournament like any other team would have, and we ended up winning, and we did not have an easy path. I mean, you know, against the, you know we played against the Golden Bears in quarters, uh, Brandon in semis, and McMaster in finals. Uh, I mean, that was, I mean, that was far from being an easy path. So, uh, yes, you know, the crowd helped, but you still have to do it. Um, you know, we've seen numerous, you know, teams that haven't won nationals you know, at home uh, when they're not, you know, strong enough to do so. So, yeah. And for your own performance, how did it feel going into the next year where you're you're battling and you're still getting better, but now like you're relied on and it wasn't unusual for you to be getting like 30 attempts a match, right? So did that change in your prep or, or your attitude going into training? Like what was the, the difference for you in, in just your mindset and your preparation? Um, so interestingly enough, it was not, it was not, you know, all that different. And to give you a bit of context, uh, during my first year, uh, Bruno, so Bruno and I were both, uh, Bruno Lordi and I were both rookies uh, at the same time. And, uh, you know, that first year, 
we, you know, we shared the, you know, the court you know, quite a bit. I mean, you know, he was playing, I was playing, you know, and in terms of who played more for, you know, during the season itself, it was, you know, basically half and half, you know, let's put it that way. And at nationals, and so, and the way it was is that I was at the time, uh, you know, probably a better hitter than, than he was. And he was definitely a better passer than I was. Um, and, I, you know, I jumped much higher. I was much more physical. He was much more technical than I was. Uh, so we were, you know, very complimentary when you look at it that way. We went into nationals and we just needed that stability he, you know, he offered. Uh, you know, which is why he played, and that was, you know, by far the right decision. I mean, the, the, I mean, very obviously, as we won. So, getting into the, you know, into the following year, um, you know, because the previous year was not, I was not necessarily on the bench for the whole year. I was, you know, basically in and out of the court, you know, sharing the court with Bruno. It didn't change a lot of my mindset. Um, you know, for me, it was more about, you know, leveraging what I, what I learned you know, the previous year in terms of you know, what the level is, what people do, and all that. And mixing that with, you know, what I've, you know, been through my whole career, which is, as you said, you know, getting, you know, getting, you know, 30, 35 no attempts, you know, in, you know, in a game. So it was really about mixing, you know, both of them. Um, so, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's basically how it was for me. But it didn't change my home, my mindset, um, you know, all that much. I tweaked a few things, uh, you know, made sure, you know, I was you know, in shape and healthy, but, you know, that's pretty much it. And, and for you, how do you like to approach just competing at nationals and what i mean by that is because laval's been so successful and you go there like uh just anecdotally one of the mac guys told me like it's disappointing to lose in the semis but when they played you guys in the bronze it was easy for them to fire up for because because they just played you in the national final the year before or looking at like you mentioned you played against nick Billy, uh, del bianco it felt like your whole life or these alberta guys when they went on a run you're playing against riley barnes and brett walsh like the, the same old names come keep coming up so kind of like you did with samurai were you guys talking about what happened last year and what you got to prepare because you know who you're going to face in nationals and you know it's going to be super tough like is that something that you, that's on your mind the whole season or do you let that happen in nationals like how do you let the the regular season unfold knowing that you're prepping to play like these these great players every year at nationals uh so for me so i, I think we you know we all go through that differently uh at you know an individual level but for me you no know, i didn't think about that you know for the whole year um you know for me i mean you know, I really always focused on, you know, the present game, the present time, right? So, you know, when we're playing against, I don't know, University of Montreal, that's what I was thinking about. And, you know, in some cases, I would, you know, think about nationals. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you don't make it nationals if you don't win provincials. I mean, for, you know, conference, your conference you know, championship, right? And that's what I was really focused on um, at the time and, you know, for most of my career. Um, nationals, for me, were always kind of a special time, but... It was a special time during the year. And when I got into not even national nationals weekend, national week for me, uh, it all became, you know, kind of special. You know, the prep, the energy, you know, the way, well, the way you eat, not necessarily the way you eat, but the way you sleep, the way you behave. It's really, you know, it was really about all about, you know, getting me into that mindset um, to just do as well as I could um, at nationals. But, um, you know, to be fair, I was I was not necessarily you know the type of person that would think about a tournament or a special you know sports event weeks in advance, um, maybe a few days before. Uh, but you know it was really the, the the local atmosphere that would you know get that would get me pumped up. Whether it's about uh, you know getting into the plane and, and and just the whole you know team experience, that's really what got me fired up. And 
Um, I always loved it, you know, playing against you know, teams, you know, from you know, Ontario and out west and you know, also from the Maritimes. I mean, you know, just, you know, there are so many different styles and, you know, players that are so tall in Quebec, we tend to be a bit you know, shorter than most provinces. So, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, higher, you know, block in front of me, I don't know, it just, it just always motivated me quite, you know, quite a bit. And just because it is topical with uh, playoffs happening, and we're we're heading into uh, U Sports Nationals here, I know you're a proud alumni. You're, you've you've competed and battled for Laval, but what's your opinion on what's happening in Quebec? In a sense that uh, Montreal has been very competitive the last few years. Uh, Sherbrooke is the one who ends up taking it down this year. And don't be wrong, like I I'm a big fan of dynasties. I'm a big fan of teams winning when they're supposed to win in that battle. But uh, a bit of a homer for Sherbrooke because Guillaume and Yoan and Jer and Zach, those are beach guys who came to Ontario and trained with us. So. Uh, I think it's good for the sport, but I'm curious what you think or what you're seeing. Uh, what's happening uh, on the men's side in Quebec right now? Yeah, that's a uh, no. That's that's actually a great question. Um, you know, I feel like it's you know we've we've been seeing that shift uh, for a few years uh, now, right? And one thing I, I mentioned a bit earlier, I think, is that uh, you know starting from you know at a certain point, players started considering their options a lot more than they used to. And what that ended up doing is that, you know, we stopped seeing the best players necessarily going to Laval, and you know, and and you know, and and, and you know, we stopped seeing some of those um, systematic moves we used to see, which um, you know changed a big part of the game. Right during, let's say, my years, um, you know, Montreal, they were a lot more competitive than, you know, what we've seen in what we've seen in some of the previous years, and a big part of that is just the fact that you know. You know, players just wanted you know, to consider their options, and that's what I think we saw. You know, this year with Sherbrooke and um, with Sherbrooke, Montreal, and Laval, which is, which was interesting. I mean, you know, Sherbrooke came first, um, you know, Montreal second, and Laval third, and you know, we haven't seen that in in forever. And you know, to me, that's a sign that you know maybe men's volleyball volleyball is getting a bit healthier at a university level uh, in Quebec. Uh, but yeah, that's a. Uh, you know, to me, that's just a that's just really a sign that you know players are really exploring their options more. They're th- they're thinking about more than just you know the dynasty and the legacy of a of a club, and more about you know, what a club can offer them. You know, basically, basically right now. Um, and funny thing, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, myself and a team of you know senior players, uh, we played against Sherbrooke uh, back in September, and uh, and uh, you know to see the progression you know they've been through since September. Uh, to, you know, to today, I mean, it's it's amazing. So, you know, you know, props to them. That was great. And one thing uh, we kind of touched on when you're on Sharp Cuts, but uh, one thing that I think you've done a great job when we were chatting just before the show as well is just the the concept of, of transitioning to a career. And I think that's hard for some because you're playing at such a high level. It takes up so much time. You're so passionate about it that, man, that's a lot of adrenaline to replace. That's a lot of hours that you're so dedicated where you, you kind of have this weird feeling. You're like, I feel like I should be at practice right now. Or I feel like I should be watching video where uh, – it, from a distance, it looks like you've smoothly transitioned your career, but I'm curious, what were those first few months like after you graduated and you joined the workforce and all of a sudden, like, uh, all this passion and excitement and energy you were putting into volleyball had to be replaced by something else? <laughs> um, yeah, those first few months were interesting, um, especially considering the fact that I actually I moved to Toronto uh, right after you know, graduating. So not only I you know, you know, left you know, competitive sports, but um, you know, I also moved to, you know, a whole new city for me, basically. And at the time, uh, believe it or not, uh, my English level was uh, 
you know, very subpar. Um, so, so that was, um, that was, that was interesting. Um, so to talk about my transition, actually, I think I need to backtrack about two years prior to that. Um, I started my transition, um, around my third year, second or third year, um, actually when I was at Laval. And, you know, the reason for that was simply because I know, well, I saw very early on that, and, you know, you alluded to that, uh, when you talked about how, you know, I did play at nationals in 2013, that was one of the, of the events that made me realize that sports were not going to be a part of my life forever. And I knew it, my parents, you know, talked to me about that, mentioned that to me numerous times, but I remember that being one of the, you know, one of the main events that made me realize that I needed to, you know, to prepare, you know, for the next step. And um, I started that preparation, I think, you know, right after that, I reached out to a few people, uh, at, you know, student committees, committees and associations and started working on a bunch of projects. And, you know, for me, what ended up happening, happening is that from my third year, um, you know, volleyball ended up being, you know, not my first priority. Uh, and it was the first time in, you know, in many years that was the case. And it was, um, it was definitely a, a, a tough, a tough step, uh, for me to do so because, you know, when, you know, you're an all-star player, you know, at nationals and, you know, the year after that, you end up, you know, basically, you know, not doing as well and not being as good of a player. Um, and that's, and, and when you think about the fact that that's how, I defined my own success for years and years. Um, it's tough. It's a tough step. Uh, but the fact that I did it uh, during university was what allowed me to have, I guess, a smooth transition from uh, uh, from my sports career to my you know non-sports career, I guess. Um, but you know, those two, those last two years were extremely tough um, in terms of time. I mean, I you know, I think that third year I put in you know more than fifteen. Um, 1,500 hours of extra work. Uh, and that's outside of sports, outside of school. That was just, you know, what I put in uh, on a weekly basis, working on different projects. Um, you know, frankly, that was not sustainable. I, I dialed that back for my fourth year, but, um, you know, it was tough to not be as good of a player and to not perform as much. And, you know, for me, it was really more about priorities. But, you know, the 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 way I saw that at the time is that, I needed a certain level of momentum, uh, you know, after, you know, after university, if I wanted to achieve the goals I wanted to achieve uh, in my professional career. So that's why I did it. And that's how I did it, I guess. But it comes with the compromise. It came with a, with a huge compromise. I mean, you know, my best year was my second year out of four. Well, what else could I have done? Who knows? Um, I don't, but uh, um, now I'm in a position in which I can say, I can, you know, I can say that it was worth it. Now, I did win all four provincials during my university years. If I had, you know, lost one of them, maybe I would, you know, say something else to you today. Right? <laughs> maybe I would have said that it was not worth it. But, you know, because, you know, some of those, you know, elements I still wanted to get uh, were still there. Uh, you know, I, I think that was a great choice uh, and a great move. Uh, and, and I think when we 
we judge sport and what we think of it just in the soft skills you get and entering the workforce. Like I think obviously teamwork's the obvious one, but I think working in small groups, dealing with conflict, uh, just the concept of competing, uh, dealing with people sometimes you don't get along with, but you're still pulling in the same direction. Like I think there's so many benefits to sports. So uh, I'm curious when you look back at your career, like obviously you're not competing for a national championship every day at work, but is there any soft skills that you kind of go like, yeah, I, I can do this well because I played sport. Like sport has given me these skills that I can then apply to my everyday life uh there's a lot of them um there's a lot of them whether it's about you know discipline right so i talked about you know the system earlier on right um you know about understanding that whatever you're working on is very often bigger than yourself right uh understanding that uh understanding you know teamwork understanding when to say stuff when to when not to say things um as athletes um and I think that's the case for a lot of people that have other passions, whether it's about sports, arts, um, you know, name them, science, whatever it is. A lot of people that do very well in a lot of, you know, these fields, uh, you know, when they're at school, they tend to do very well in the workforce afterwards because um, they've spent basically their whole lives developing that at sometimes a level at which they'll never compete in their own career. Now, I'm a very competitive guy, so my goal is to compete at that level even in the workforce and, you know, things have been well, but, uh, but yes, a lot of those elements are, are still there. So, you know, whether it's about discipline, right, doing the right thing every day, consistency, uh, you know, teamwork, making sure that, you know, you know, whatever you do is, you know, works well with, uh, you know, the system you're in and that, you know, people are in, are in agreement or if they're not in agreement, you know, what you can do about that and everything around that. Right. So a, a lot of these things are, you know, definitely transferable to the, to, to the workforce and, you know, outside of sports. That being said, um, it is an effort to, to transfer them, right? Um, and that's why I think, you know, athletes sometimes, you know, you know, kind of have, you know, they have a hard time, right? You know, transitioning because they, you know, they, they're used, as, as you said, they're used to that adrenaline. Um, and in volleyball, you know, volleyball has a huge flaw, which is, well, you know, for that, which is the fact that every single point, uh, I mean, you could, you know, every single point, every single, basically every 30 seconds, people clap for you, people cheer for you, right? Um, you do something you could do in your sleep, right? And people cheer for you, right? right? So when you get into the workforce and then, and you work on a project for, let's say, you know, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks, six months, and you, yes, you finish that project, you finish it, you know, you do it well, everything's well done, but no one cheers for you, you no one, you know, and it actually claps for you. I mean, um, that's that's rough for a lot of people, right? Uh, but that's because, you know, in in a lot of cases, we haven't learned to redefine, you know, what you know, what success means for us, um, and we haven't you know, learned to 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 appreciate, you know, success in a in a different form, right? And that's you know that's one thing volleyball, you know, really. Is it's really you know, tough on you know, with us because we're we're used to you know making points basically every thirty seconds every minute right it's you know that instant gratification um, not a lot of you know not a lot of you know jobs have that outside of sports of course um, so that's tough for sure.
Well said, man. Yeah. I'm so happy with everything that you shared. And I, I do owe a friend of the show, Carrie, just an assist for putting us in contact because I, I think you absolutely crushed it on Sharp Cuts. That's episode 34 for any of our listeners. And th- this has been amazing, man. Thank you so much for sharing it. It was great to, you know, kind of be aware of everything you've accomplished, but to hear about the journey and how you got there is just so cool. But uh, w- one tradition we've made on the show here is we, we like to share a funny or unique story that happens in the volleyball community. So we've learned that. To be a club national champion, a CCAA national champion, and a U Sports national champion, you might be the only one. And if you're not, you're definitely in a unique company. But I, I'm still willing to bet that something funny or unique happened along the way because just the volleyball community is that great. So I, I was hoping you could share a funny story before we let you go. <laughs> yes, for sure. So um, so one story that definitely stands out for me um, is uh, you know one year uh, I won't share. I will not share which one just to not give too many details around that, but. Uh, one year we went to the States, uh, we played against uh, an Ivy League school. And, um, you know, after the game, you know, the, you know, the players of the other team, you know, you know, came to us and, you know, talked to us about, you know, the party. That was the last, you know, game of, you know, the whole trip. So we said, sure, why not? Let's go. Um, so, you know, we ended up, you know, going to that party, not thinking much of it. I mean, obviously, we've, you know, we've seen a lot of movies about, you know, what, happens at uh, about what happens you know in, in you know colleges and universities in the US but you know never you would think that you know it's the same you know in real life but um, you know I, I kid you not we get into that you know old house um you know that you know old house you know on on the campus and everything you see and hear in a lot of the you know movies where you see frat house parties um you know well not everything but a lot of those stereotypes were basically true. Uh, so, you know, we got in and, you know, there were people, you know, basically, you know, serving, you know, free beer, uh, you know, to everyone that was there. There was literally uh, two inches of beer on the floor. Um, you know, people just playing, you know, beer pong and, you know, dancing everywhere. And I mean, the whole thing was just, um, it, it felt like a movie, basically. <laughs> it was it was pretty funny. And, you know, we had a blast and, and you know, Thankfully, no one you know got injured. We have you know, we have a few story, a few funny stories that came out of that. But um, yes, everything you you see in movies, uh, or most of it, you know, it was true. So yeah, front house parties in movies, they're actually pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> see, and you wouldn't have got to experience that if you weren't such a high level volleyball player to go on that trip. So that that it all comes together. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, sweet man, thank you for taking the time and sharing all that you did. Like I said. Uh, uh, you came on and you just uh, talked some ball with Garrett and I, and I thought you did a great job, but to hear about everything you've accomplished along the way and how you got there, I think it's so cool. So thanks for sharing all that you did and thanks for being a friend of the show. Yeah, sure thing.